Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. It is a true blessing to be able to connect with the top minds and strength each and every week and share stories, insights, and experiences on becoming stronger in every area of our lives. And now I wanna do more for you. I wanna invite you to join the exclusive private Facebook group of The Strength Connection. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. This group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength in their lives, and it's the perfect space to explore ideas and share your journey. You'll also get exclusive access to the Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. Just go to the Facebook groups, type in the Strength Connection, and you'll be accepted immediately. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the inside. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Derek, so good to meet you. Or not meet you. I've seen you. It's so good. <laughs> I'm going to start this again. So good to see you, Derek. So it's <laughs> awesome. It's been about a year or so. It has. Good to see you again, Michael. Absolutely. So no, I appreciate you uh, coming on. I know it's a couple weekends ago, some big stuff in the Strong First community for you. Congratulations, senior to master instructor. That must have been an incredible weekend, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, I, I kind of felt it coming. It was, uh, it's been an interesting journey. I I've been with Pavel, uh, since uh, 2008 mm -hmm. and, uh, did a lot of work probably 2008 to 2015 taught thousands and thousands of people, uh, you know, the art of becoming stronger with kettlebells. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was a, there was a transition with Pavel kind of during that time and, you know, some things got lost in the mix. And so, maybe the progression from, you know, being a kettlebell instructor to a master was, mm -hmm. you know, changed in there. Um, but it was always a goal of mine. You know, I was like, you know, I think I can become a master in about 10 years. Uh, okay. It's almost like a jujitsu artist, you know, saying, Hey, I, I want to be a you know, black belt right. in jujitsu. Yep. You know, I was like, you're looking at this career saying, I think in 10 years I can get there. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, recently over the last, you know, year or so I've been talking with Pavel, uh, more regularly. Mm -hmm. uh, we started having phone conversations and a lot of emails back and forth about training and, uh, and taking over the all train conditioning course yep. through strong first. And, uh, and so I was like, you know, I think, I think something's happening here. And sure enough, we were on a, I was on a conference with, uh, Pavel and Brett Jones and they, they announced it to me before the weekend, mm -hmm. um, that it was going to happen. So I was like, yes, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's like winning awesome. a championship, right? It's like, like yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's ama it's amazing. I was going to ask you, was that something that you thought of like wanting to pursue down the road or did it just kind of eventually, you know, come and as you're saying, it's like, this yeah. could be a 10 year venture. It's like becoming a black belt in, you know, in martial arts. It's uh, right. and in such, in such times too, when we think like goals are such quick things, like 12 week or one year type things, this is like a 10 year down the line plan of getting to this level. Um, so yeah, that must, that call must've been just like, you know, probably know maybe this is coming, but still it's got to be that initial shock of like, holy shit, this is freaking awesome. Oh yeah. And then on top of that, just, um, besides excitement, I mean, tears of like gratitude, um, mm -hmm. and, and emotion, like how much energy and effort that you put into it. Um, you know, and responsibility that comes yeah. with it too. You know, uh, now as master instructor, you know, a lot of eyes are on me, people looking, you know, to the new master and, mm -hmm. and what am I giving back to the world? Like, what am I putting out there? How am I helping people move forward and, and make it better? And, you know, obviously one day I'll be gone and who are they going to be the new masters then? Exactly. Uh, you know, I think one of the cool things about strong first is that Pavel has put together an organization that he wants to surpass his lifetime. Right. Yes. 
it is a school of strength and he's set up the foundation of this school uh, to become better. And well, so wh- who are the future instructors of the school? And so mm-hmm. um, as a, as a master now, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I carry that, that it's not a burden, but I carry that load on my shoulders to, Hey, we gotta, we gotta do this right. Mm-hmm. And we got to pass it forward to the next generation of masters. Yeah. I love that just mentality of it. Cause you know, we think of these things of, Oh, I'd love to get to this level. But when you say that, it's almost like, Oh yeah, that'd be great for me. I can put the badge on my chest and stuff. But as you're saying, it's like, well, how can I give more value, you know, to yeah. this community being at this next level. And it's funny. I just had a conversation with Annalisa Naldi uh, yesterday about this, who just who went to senior instructor from team leader. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the book legacy by James Kerr, you know, which is that oh, book sure. about, which said that book about leaving, you know, planting those trees that you might never see, you know, but it's just getting to the next level. And yeah. from the work that you've done, I knew you were huge with altering conditioning, which really came from the strong endurance based background, which I'm Correct. getting it. So I'm excited. I want to talk to yeah. you a little bit yeah, about yeah, that as we, sure. as we go along. Um, yeah, I, I was know- just going to mention quickly, you're, you're, you know, you're right. It's just uh, with a lot of, with you, a lot of people want the title, right? but then don't realize, you know, the responsibility that comes with it. Right. And yeah. so I think the people that do end up earning the title are the ones that start to figure out the responsibility. And then strong first leadership is like this person, you know, exactly. because they, they understand it, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Cause you hear that so much, especially in, in the culture that we have of like Instagram and stuff, people say, Oh, how do I get more followers? When it's like the real question is like, well, why would somebody follow you? What value are you giving back, you know, to them? It is. It's like it's a it's a simple thing to think of, but it's kind of on the same, you know, mindset here. Yeah, it'd be great to be in a leadership role of this, but what are you giving back to it? Like, why do you deserve that role? And it might take ten years in order to build it up because I know Pavel and Brett they don't just hand these out, you know, to anybody. It's like you right, got to put right. your time in and give some value back. Right. Yeah. And, and leadership comes with its responsibilities and, and also, you know, like we were talking about a little bit earlier before the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. there are mistakes that you can make as a leader and, and accepting those responsibilities, you know, the more things that you're in charge of, you're human and you make mm-hmm. mistakes too, but then, okay, how do we learn from those mistakes? Um, make it better. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's how we move forward as hum- humans. You know, we, we make errors and then we fix them and make it better for the next person. Right. So. Yeah. Well, and I think as you know, as a leader, a lot of times, especially when you get to a level of, I mean, I can go along your strength resume for, for days and days. I'm sure you're sick of hearing how strong you are um, with everything. But as coaches, I mean, we make mistakes at the same time, and that's still where we're learning. You're never above getting past those mistakes. And I know you've had some stuff recently um, with the coaching work that you do. I know you coach a young track team and stuff. So I don't know if that's a story that you want to get into. Uh, yeah, but, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hey, it's a podcast. People love stories, right? Exactly. People love exactly. stories, success stories, failure stories. doesn't matter. <laughs> just a story you want to hear. Cause you know, and just realizing like, Oh, you know, I've, I've made some big mistakes and maybe, you know, you don't have to be perfect to be a master instructor. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I coach a, a high school track program. I took it over uh, four years ago. It, uh, historically it was the worst sport in our school's history. And, uh, my daughter was coming up through the program and I was just like, you know, when you, when you see something that's not good and your kids are about to go through it, you're like, okay, that is, that's going to set the stage for, you know, her understanding of how things work in the future. Right. Mm. And I, I don't want her replicating something bad in her life in other areas of her life. Like I attribute a lot of like maybe business success or 
or career success to my athletic success, right? I, you, once you understand, you know, the structure and right. the discipline uh, that it takes to win and, or be good at something, then you can start to duplicate that, you know, and if you've never had a chance to learn that process, then, you know, you're just kind of duplicating failure or lack right. of success, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, I need to take over this program. I've been a part of multiple national championship track and field teams. And, and so I'm going to take over this high school program. We're going to make it better. So the last four years, you know, we, we, the last conference title, our boys won was 1973. So it was almost a half a century ago. Um, and so for the last four years, you know, I, I put that out there like, Hey, we're going to put a number on that board and that banner in the gym, we're going to put mm-hmm. a number up there. Right. And, uh, and I knew we want to get the first year, but uh, making the best of what we had, um, mm-hmm. Knowing that, you know, the process is going to take time too, as a coach, right? So kids graduate, new kids come in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, once again, the, the, and I, and I love them, but the, the juniors and seniors at that time were understanding the previous process, right? Yes. Which wasn't mm-hmm. that great. The previous system wasn't that fantastic. And, um, and so we kind of had to graduate them out, right? Sure. It's yeah. Like slowly do our best with them to kind of mm-hmm. change what we can. And then, you know, like really look to the freshmen and the sophomores to start to really tweak some things. And then as they get older, right. And then keep every year, we're like adding a new layer gotcha. right? mm-hmm. and, and, and building the program. And so this was the first year that, uh, the class that I had, uh, I've had them freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, they're seniors this year. I've had them as freshmen and it was, a it was the first year we had a legit shot at the title. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we've won a, a bunch of invites this year, uh, and we won our conference relay championships. We won the JV conference championships, and just last night was our conference championships. And uh, their coach, myself, uh, entered the athletes incorrectly into the meet. And uh, nothing was said to me uh, until like the heat sheets for the, for the event came out. And then it was brought to my attention that I, I did it wrong. And, uh, I was like, Oh, okay, well, I, I'll, let me just fix it. And they're like, no, 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 you can't just fix it now. Cause you've seen the heat sheets. And I'm like, well, come on. I, I see, I can see what all the other athletes perform all year. There's like an online, I can just go online, right. click on any school in the conference and see what they're running. Right. It's not like a big deal, but, um, they're like, no, it feels like you, you'll have an unfair advantage. So if you win this year, there'll be kind of like an asterisk by you because, you know, you saw the heat sheets and then you got to change your, your entries. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, so mm-hmm. I said, so what do you want me to do? And so we kind of had to play with a handicap. Typically you can enter up to three people per event. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, uh, any event that you have three athletes and you got to cut it to two. So all the other schools got to play with up to three people per event. We had to play with two people per event. Um, we ended up losing by one and a half points. And, uh, I calculated my error was a 10 point error. So we would have won it. We actually would have won the conference championship by nine, uh, eight and a half points. And, and, oh, uh, yeah. So it's one of those things that, uh, it was a hundred percent my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt horrible about it. You know, I've, I've had like a sick to my stomach, right. Kind of, feeling oh, yeah, I've sure. been nauseous for like the last 24 hours Yeah, and, and, and hard to look my seniors in the face and, and, and tell them what I did. But, you know, I think, uh, part of being a man and, 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 it been be, and being a coach, I think is more than just coaching kids in sports or coaching any athlete is, is being a role model adult. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for me, just, I'm, I'm a man and I, I feel like a masculine responsibility yeah. to, to present myself well, um, and just to own up to my mistakes. And so, mm-hmm. 
yeah, you know, came out and told them it was, it was a hundred percent my fault. I accept full responsibility and mm-hmm. I apologize to all the parents and athletes and fans, mm-hmm. um, kind of just explained what happened and said, you know, I don't, I don't know, especially my seniors, right. They don't mm-hmm. get a second shot. And so I said, you know, I, I don't think I can ever make it up to you, but I'll, I'll certainly do my best to, oh, to do that between, you know, now and, and the end of the season. So, um, I don't know if this podcast will come out, but I, I've got some good ideas or yeah. come out, come out before the end of the season. So I, maybe I shouldn't share, but I've, I've got some good ideas on how I'm going to make. This oh, up. sure. Yeah. yeah we're, I mean, we're going to make it good. We're going to make it good. And yeah. you know, when you do something wrong, you, yeah, maybe you can't fix it, but there's certainly a lot of things that you can do to put a smile on their face and remember. And right. I, I, I told the kids too. you know what? I have a ton of trophies and they're just collecting dust. I have four national championship rings in my my office right now, just collecting dust. Right. Right. You know what, what I remember is my friends, you know, I remember the events, you know, I remember being there, Mm -hmm. um, the successes and failures of it all, you know, uh, you don't, you know, the trophy is one thing, you know? So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, and those things, I mean, they're always fun, but as you said, it's like those collect dust over time, you know, you sit (laughs) there and you can reminisce about that event, but the journey up to it and rebuilding it from there is going to stay with people from that. I always knew that from uh, sports in school. I was one of those weird kids that loved practice. Like the games were fun, but I really knew like, oh, practice is the time when you can really focus and build things. And I attribute that to why I enjoy coaching, you know, so much. So you understand the process. Absolutely. And, and you, when you see the process working and you're seeing those steps to get better, it's like, obviously you love to see it in the game or in the meet, that all that hard work, you know, pays out. But with a technical error like that, I mean, that's, that's absolutely tough. However, yeah. it seems like, yeah, the there's some, you, yeah, there was some word there was some wording used and, and, a, new, <laughs> and a new system to the entries that mm-hmm. made it, made it seem like the wording matched up. And I was like, Oh, that's how it is. And, and I just misunderstood it really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, you know, there was yeah. the, one of my favorite, uh, it's, it's, uh, it just came to my head, but uh, if anybody ever saw the movie Soul Surfer at all of Bethany Hamilton, the girl that oh, got her yeah. arm you know, yep. bit off with the tiger and she got back into the event. I remember, spoiler alert, well, it's been out for like 20 years, but um, <laughs> she at the last meet, she was behind in points and it was like her first one up and she rode this wave that was just absolutely perfect. And she got like a 10 out of 10 score in it, but she did it like right after the buzzer. So the wave didn't count. And so her dad's going like her dad's going crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Like she got it before the buzzer and all this stuff. And she's just like, it's like, it didn't count, didn't count. And she went, she's like, no dad. She's like, it counted. And it was like that moment of like, she built herself all the way back up to it, even though it didn't count on the sheet. She knew that it gave the best effort on it. So, and I think those are the things that over time, it's still, I know it it fucking sucks. For sure. Absolutely blows. Yeah, for sure. You know, I told my kids, Hey, you you know, you know who the real champion is, Mm -hmm. you know, you, (laughs) there's no chance you guys would have lost. There's like zero chance you would have lost uh, without, without your coach's mistake. And, and, and I think the other thing is to, is to get this out there and to the audience or whoever's listening is that, you know, you, when you do see success, I know you hear the stories of how Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team and all that stuff. But I mean, it is a real deal. It is an everyday thing. Like success isn't linear. And and the people that have multiple championships probably also have multiple failures. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe the people that have the most championships have the most failures because they're out there trying the most. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So looking forward, uh, looking forward to our regional championships next week, Monday. And, yeah. and, uh, let me tell you, we're going to enter that correctly. And we're gonna <laughs> dominate that puppy, so. No doubt. No doubt. 
Well, what's, <laughs> this must have been a really interesting experience taking over this team because you've been a coach for, for so long. You worked with top level performers. You have your gym. You've been an instructor with Strong mm-hmm. First teaching other coaches. <laughs> but working with, working with youth athletes, yeah. that's, that's something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How's, the, how's this experience really kind of helped yeah. you in your, in your coaching mindset? Wow, Michael, you hit a button there. You definitely hit a button there. Uh, it's challenging me probably more than I'm challenging the athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, and we can talk about this later. I'm training a girl, a uh, woman right now. Uh, girls, uh, girls are who I train at, Cam- at mm-hmm. Campbellsport High School. Um, no, I'm training a woman right now for four mountaineering world records, right? So elite athletes. You know, you go to Strong First events, and I'm an instructor to certify trainers that, you know, have great body movement. Um, I come from a national championship program. We won, uh, the national title indoor and outdoor track, our freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. We never lost before Peter. Right. So you come from this, like I work with elite elite all the time. And then you go to this high school where, you know, it's the worst sport in school history. You know, it's like, it could be a movie. This is a, a this is a Disney movie right here. It is a yeah. Disney movie. Yeah. Or it's like the, no one has shoes kind of thing. Like they don't know what track spikes are. They're wearing Jordans, you know, you're like, those are not track spikes. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a nightmare. And so and some of the kids just are out because their boyfriend is out or their girlfriend is out. They right, don't really right. actually want to be there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're like, okay, this is a legit volunteer army. I can't cut kids because I don't have anybody to cut. You know, oh, if right, I cut right. kids, I don't have anybody on the team. Right. <laughs> I, I got to build it as much as I would love to cut this kid. You know? yeah. I've got to, I've got to learn how to coach them and make them better. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a real challenge for me to, um, kind of shift gears a little bit mm-hmm. go from this like this is how you elite performance and and switch it to like hey we got to have a little fun we got to right. we got to meet them where they're at we got to learn their personalities and um and learn what makes them tick in mm-hmm. life and try to coach them in that and then oh by the way you know I love track and field now too right right <laughs> so um yeah it's been a it's been a cool process yeah. for sure what was the first things that you saw from that? It's like, cause I know the, the technical side of how to get kids faster and stronger and all, I mean, you've got that down and obviously that's something I'm sure you yeah. implemented, but yeah, what simple. Was, was it more of, um, cause it was one of the worst programs. Like you said, was it more just the lackadaisical mindset of it? Was that something that you had to work with of kind of getting the kids on board for a mission? Like what was that first kind of, I know you said like the first year was kind of built rebuilding that foundation of it. What were those things that you really wanted yeah. to focus? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, building a championship culture, that that's a big part of it. Right. And so just from, you know, how do you conduct yourself at a track meet to, you know, and then for me as a coach, little things like you have to understand, like boys have to win to have fun and girls have to have fun to win. Mm. This is total, right. Okay. You got to follow me here. So the boys, I've got to figure out how to help them work hard enough, how to understand how to work hard enough to start winning, and then they can start having fun. Girls, on the other hand, we have to take selfies. We have to do team parties, right? right? And, and like, oh, we're at the track meet. We got we to gotta make up some kind of dance you know, thing okay. mm-hmm. and get, get with the dance program. And then, and then they're like, oh, track is awesome. And then they're like, we got to get after it, right? And so what's interesting about this is that um, even though boys have to win to have fun, when you get to the track meet, um, they're the ones that you need to coach the least. I found when you get boys to, to a meet, 
you can't be like on them, right? They mm-hmm. know what to do and they know what they have to do and, and they want to go do it. And they're almost too much in their heads. Like you got to almost let them relax a little bit yes. mm-hmm. uh, to perform. And girls, on the other hand, when you actually get to the meet, so I'm t- I was talking about training before fun, yep. you know, when you actually get to the meet, they're the ones that if you really kind of get on their butts and, and kind of like, Hey, this is what you got to do. Let's go pump them up. Mm-hmm. Then, then they fly around the track. It's the craziest thing. So, um, that, that was a, a kind of a big aha moment as a coach. And that's helped quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, it's in terms of performance, physical performance is e- easy, right? Like yeah. our first, our first, um, the year before I took over, they sent, uh, three kids on from the first round of the championships to the second round. My first year taking over, we sent 21 kids <laughs> so from three to 21. I'm okay. Like, that's, a, that's, a nice impro- <laughs> that's a nice improvement. <laughs> so, and then the third round of the championships now last season, we sent, uh, for our state championships, um, we sent five athletes to state. I mean, previously we were sending, you know, mm-hmm. three kids to the second round and now yeah. we're sending five kids to the third round. And now this year we got 16 kids, um, in the top positions to go to the state championships and with some alternates on relays, it'll be like 22 kids to the state championships. So mm-hmm. um, kind of crazy in performance, you know, it's just implementing things that I've learned in strength and conditioning, strong first stuff like that. Right. But um, yeah, more of the mindset of coaching and, and my wife has a lot to do with this, by the way. Uh-huh. So, you know, I realized early on that I'm like, I'm really bad. Like I, I need to, I am so robotical, you know, this is the way things are done. This is what you have to do to be a champion that, um, I needed a softer side of that. And I knew that. And, um, we coached both the boys and the girls mm-hmm. and all of my coaches were men. And I'm like, okay, something we need, right. to, we need a fem, we need a team Some different mom energy in here. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. We need a team mom. So recruited my wife to, um, to coach. I'm like, Hey, just come in. We actually don't have a coaching spot for us, but she's proud or we don't have a, like a paid coaching mm-hmm. position for her. Um, but she's, you know, not without downplaying myself or my other coaches, mm-hmm. like she, she possibly is the most important role yeah. on the team. You know, she's the one on Snapchat with these yep. kids, right? Like talking mm-hmm. to them, speaking every, their language. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> yep. You know, talking to kids, like I got this kid first meet of the year. He, he comes up to me before the meet he's like, ah, I'm going to quit. And I'm like, you're going to quit. You know, he's like, ah, I'm just not having any fun. And I'm like, you haven't even gotten to the first meet of the year. Right. Yet. You know, boys have to win to have fun. You yes. know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to get them to the first meet. Yeah. So my wife spent like an entire day talking to him and his girlfriend on Snapchat, like getting them to, to stay out for track. And uh, now he's part of a four by 100 meter relay team that might make it to state and he's loving it. Right. Wow. So it's, it's kind of funny. So yeah, she's super pivotal, pivotal that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually a really good recruiter, you know, she's, mm-hmm. that's the other thing is, is getting the numbers. Um, the program in the history, you know, there 15 kids would be on the team, both boys and girls combined. Um, and this year we hit 60, um, right at the beginning of the season, we had 60 kids, both boys and girls combined on the track team. So it's experienced some serious growth, part of that from success, but a lot of that from my wife, just being down in the weight room and chatting with kids, you know, yeah. and finding that's, out yeah. about their lives, you know, that's kids so that crazy. didn't even know. 
Yeah. That's, one, one kid had a broken yeah. arm and he was a baseball player. And mm-hmm. she's like, Hey, is that, I'm going to heal in time for baseball. And he's like, no, it's not going to heal in time for baseball. <laughs> he was all depressed. Oh yeah. Like, Why don't you come out for track? At least they'll keep you in shape and uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well now he's out for track and he was a three event uh, all conference last night. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. So he's not going back out for baseball. Oh, year. love it. Oh, sorry, that's sorry so to the baseball coach. Yeah. <laughs> he's winning. Yeah. He's winning. You yeah. know, we got over here. So yeah. It's so, it's so interesting when, as a coach, like just knowing the dynamic of your team of what's going to motivate them. Like I I remember early on, I worked with uh, some young kids in baseball who a couple are now in minor leagues building themselves up and they work so hard when I work with them individually, but then all of a sudden we started doing some small group and some team effort and that competitiveness between like each athlete of them just brought them to another level. So it's like, it's almost like they were trying to win the workout and it's like, you almost kind of as a coach kind of play with that a little bit more. It's like, (laughs) you don't need to push them more, but just like kind of fire that competitive edge a little bit more where as girls on a team. And I saw my sister who was a collegiate softball and everything say they were super competitive when they got on the field, but like during their times of training, it was all more about the camaraderie about that team bonding type build so it yeah. is, it's so interesting what sure. you can learn from, from young yeah. kids of coming up in that. Yeah. And if you're not good at something, you know, find somebody who is and get them on your yeah. team. You know, like I am, I'm a pretty bad connector sometimes and, and too, too militant structure. Um, yeah. you know, and I knew my wife wasn't, <laughs> so <laughs> she's, she loves the supportive role too. So it works out perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's cool that you just, you have that other, that have that Avenue to work with. Like, cause I think working with young kids just teaches you so much in the coaching world, you know, from it. And I'm sure it's translated a lot into all the work that you've done with all terrain and now working yeah. with um, yeah. girl who's going on the world record. And, um, yeah. Yeah. In terms of performance, uh, you know, strong, strong endurance has, has helped me with a lot and just life experience and, and being at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have probably grown more as a coach t- coaching kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, then coaching adults. Cause I, the adults are easy. So like Mia, we can get, to, we can get on her for her topic yeah. for a second, her world records. So easy. I found like Mia, you need to do three hours of step-ups today. She's like, okay. Right. You know, like some people are like, well, so what, what else do I do besides step-ups? I'm like, um, well, you can alternate legs if you want. (laughs) (laughs) There's your variety. There's your variety. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, cause she's got, I mean, she's got such a a single minded goal and focus right right now that like, okay, this is all we're working. So probably whatever you say, you know, to her, like, all right, yep. That's gospel right there. I just have to do, I just have to do whatever it takes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be fun. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be this or that. It just has to work. Right. So, yeah. So, um, How'd this relationship I guess start trans- with me? Yes. Yeah, yeah, with this. So this this can start with the all-train conditioning thing. So um, I've taken strong endurance three times. If you guys know Pavel, dude, I, I swear he lives in like a lab, you know, and he's just like in his basement with his evilness right down there, like, <laughs> and like jabbing muscle biopsies in people and blood lactate testing and all this stuff forever. And he, and then he thinks something works and then he'll send it my way and like, Derek, try this out for me, you know, with you and your students. And then I try it and it gets back to him. And I'm like, that's awesome. Or that's awful or whatever yeah. it might be. And, uh, <laughs> and so the first time I took strong endurance and my degree is in exercise science, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a fairly smart person. Um, it was just like pfft, most of it over my head. And so I took strong endurance again. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting this. And then took strong endurance a third time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, okay. And then, and the third time I took it is when I really started to see patterns. 
I was like, oh, you know, so this program is specific for, you know, repeat power, right? Mm -hmm. But that also transitioned into this protocol really well, which is a little bit more geared towards endurance, mm -hmm. which pro transitions into this protocol, which is a really a little bit more geared towards endurance. And so if just as a quick example, if you uh, ever open up the book, Quick in the Dead mm -hmm. um, by Pavel, uh, he's got a couple of programs in there, 033, 044, right? 033 is um, five swings every 30 seconds mm -hmm. for four rounds. Then you take a one minute break and then you do five push-ups every 30 yep. seconds for four rounds and one minute break. And there's a specific way to do it. You got to get the book and read it. Yep. Um, so that is incredibly similar to 044, where it's five snatches every 30 mm -hmm. seconds for four rounds on your right hand. Yep. One minute break, five snatches every 30 seconds for four round on your left hand, one minute break. But it's slightly more intense snatching, right? So yep. like if you go from swings to push-ups, that's one thing. But going from snatches on one hand to snatches on another hand, like there's not a big difference there. So it, mm -hmm. you know, so the intensity changes a little bit, right? And so that is a progression, you know, one progression to the other. And there's actually a, re a regression of 033 called 015, plan 015. Mm -hmm. And so I'll start people on 015. We'll start really, really heavy, heaviest weight we can. So like for a guy, maybe they're swinging a beast. And for mm -hmm. a lady, maybe they're swinging a 24 to 32 mm -hmm. kilogram kettlebell, right? And then we transition to 033. Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's different. Maybe we can stay with that beast 24, 32, or maybe we step down just a little bit. Yep. Right. And then by the time we get to zero four, four, okay, well, you're not going to be snatching a beast. Let's be, well, most people yeah. aren't going to be snatching a beast or most ladies aren't going to snatch a 32 mm -hmm. kilogram kettlebell for reps. So we got to step down a bell again. Yep. And then we transition into zero 060. Right. And we step down again and then we, we keep doing these transitions and there's this whole like waving where you build it up. And then you decrease the volume, but change the intensity hmm. and you build it up again. And then you decrease the volume, but you change the intensity and you build it up again. And it really builds towards this peak endurance. And I, I think I saw that pattern because of track and field, like understanding yes. the process of like, okay, we start running in September and we're guys that can throw down a 20 second, 200 you know, and we're running like 37, 38 second, 200. Right. 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 <laughs> and you're like, how is this ever going to make you fast? But you have to understand how the body works. Right. And, and understand how it builds up and, mm -hmm. and builds up. And so I saw that in strong endurance and just put it together, put it to the test, um, with myself and a few like friends that love to just recreationally climb mountains and saw awesome success, uh -huh. just like eating up mountains, just crushing it. Uh, and, and took it to a group of guys that we live in Wisconsin. Right. And if you know anything about, you know, United States geography, there are no mountains here in Wisconsin, right. you know, like our, our, we live at about 700 feet elevation here. Mm -hmm. So, um, to be able to take this program, go straight to grand Teton and summit grand Teton and get off faster than any group I've ever been up on that mountain with, uh, is impressive. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this program works. And so talk to Pavel a little bit more about all terrain conditioning. I'm like, Hey, can I, you know, and he's like, yeah, Derek, you know, feel free to rewrite the manual. I'm like, okay, perfect. <laughs> so, you know, got into it, made the manual about twice as thick as it was. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, started to get this, this stuff in there and, uh, teaching the course. And that's how I met Mia. And so gotcha. Mia, uh, uh, she's originally from Serbia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, she left Serbia, you know, during the civil wars 
and um, she now lives in Australia. And her dad was a, a mountain sport athlete, loved to climb. And so she kind of got that love of the mountains uh, from him and at a young age. And uh, ironically, she just, she just thrives in high altitude. You know, she's okay. one of those, it's kind of like the, the dude in 14 peaks, right? Uh, oh, Nimsay, crazy. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he just, you get him, you get him in a, a human performance lab and it's just yeah. like, he's just not normal. He's not a normal human, right? Yes. <laughs> and so she's that way too. She thrives at high altitude. It really doesn't slow her down that much mm-hmm. um, where, you know, if we put her at sea level, she's not going to run, she's not going to go much faster, but if we put her at 14,000 right. feet, you know, she can go the same speed. Wow, <laughs> so, that's crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah. I know it's kind of weird, but yeah. you know, and so she's going for some world records. She's going mm-hmm. to Aconcagua. Essentially she's going to run. So Aconcagua, let's put this in perspective. It's mm-hmm. the second tallest of the seven summits. So when we're looking at the tallest peak on all seven continents, mm-hmm. those are the seven summits. Everest is the tallest. Aconcagua is in South America. It's the second tallest of the seven. It's almost mm-hmm. 23,000 feet, right? Um, so just not quite 7,000 meters in mm-hmm. height. Um, so most expeditions go in, into Aconcagua. They come in the gate and, and they go from the gate. They, they go up to the top and they come back down to that same gate. And that takes them two weeks, right? She is going to run around the entire mountain and over the top of it in like less than 38 hours. <laughs> yeah. So insane, right? Wow. Okay. Totally insane. Yep. So Damn. she's, I know. So just next level athlete. Mm-hmm. So working with her is, uh, is an incredible change. Normally, you know, being in strong first, I'm working with people that love strength, you know, yes. and we're trying, mm-hmm. we're trying to build strong endurance to get out there and do kind of adventure sports that are a little bit more enduring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might have a 500 pound deadlift, but you know, can you ski at right. 13,000 feet? It's not going to carry over on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you hike? Can you hike in the mountain for 14 hours straight? Right. You know, like, and so I, I'm used to working with strength athletes and building endurance. And that's how mm-hmm. my all-terrain conditioning program works. And, mm-hmm. um, but for her, she's this endurance athlete that, you know, doesn't have a lot of strength background, mm-hmm. you know? And so giving her a program like the zero three, three or zero right. four, mm-hmm. she can't necessarily, she's not necessarily strong enough or powerful enough to do it correctly. Just, you okay. know what I mean? I can't, I can't put a 20 kilogram kettlebell in her hand and say, snatch this yet. Okay. okay. Um, but she's got an amazing aerobic capacity, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm actually in my program, even though the, the intensity kind of changes and then the volume drops and intensity changes, right. I'm starting her from the other end of this program. Okay. Like, right. Yeah. Just because her aerobic capacity is just so next level. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, so as we get closer to the trip, her run volume is going to start to increase too. Right. Okay. And so if I would have traditionally done my altering conditioning with her, where the, you know, the, the volumes increasing and the intensity mm-hmm. is starting increasing and her run volumes increasing, like she's just going to fall apart. Right? right. So I don't need to kill this lady. I, I want her to succeed and perform. And so, and ultimately an athlete an endurance athlete that's getting stronger is going to see huge, huge gains. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of, I met her where she's at and said, okay, we're going to start with kind of these high intense endurance protocols and right. your run volume is really low. <laughs> And, okay. and we're going to, as, as that becomes easy, Hey, can you, can you grab a little bit heavier a bell and, and reduce the intensity a little bit, but then increase your run volume and then do that for a long time until your body adapts. And then can we increase the, uh, or decrease the intensity a little bit, but grab a heavier bell again. Mm-hmm. So she's getting stronger 
as we're moving through the program and her run volume. So it's this inverse relationship. Gotcha. So by the end of this program, she should feel the strongest she's ever felt. Mm-hmm. Right. And her run volume should be where it's gotcha. at for the endurance capacity. So yeah. we're hoping those, those records fall pretty quickly. Wow. That's, I mean, this is a fascinating thing, you know, to do and uh, you know, you know, props to her for attempting this. This is absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I know she'll crush oh, it yeah. from there. Is it, do you think for her, is it because this is a ways out here, this is another like what, seven, eight months or so that you're kind of training for this of building up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, <laughs> and looking at it, there's a full moon coming up uh, January 6th. And mm-hmm. so that's going to give her a lot of light, a lot of light to okay. kind of not stop and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the date we're looking for. So we got to get there and kind of acclimate first. So we're going to do a summit together mm-hmm. um, as an acclimation process um, cool. and then come back down, let her body rest mm-hmm. from that and then, and then get after it then. Right. So is, but, is this something with the program that it's like, do you see the whole like seven months out leading up to this right now, or is it right now working on a lot of see how she works with particular protocols and kind of making adjustments as you go? Or do you like see the whole vision out like of this is what we want to get to all the way to January? Both, both, both. Mm -hmm. Yep. So my protocols don't change until your physiology changes. So I there, so you might've seen an article or if you jump on the strong first website, Pavel talks about stop signs in your, in your program. Okay. They're very, very simple to look at. Like if you, if the goal is nasal breathing, well, when you start mouth breathing, that's a stop sign. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if the goal is to keep the, the lactic acid down, when you start to feel deep muscle burn, that's a stop sign. Um, if your heart rate gets to a certain level, that's a stop sign. Mm-hmm. If you can't pass a talk test before your next interval, that's a stop sign. Um, if your cadence drops or your power output drops at any point during the workout, that's a stop sign. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a training session for her. And I'm, she checks in with how, Hey, how'd this session go? Mm-hmm. And she tells me and I'm like, okay, now I kind of know where she's at. And when she gets to a level where she can make it for 60 minutes or 90 minutes or three hours without reaching a stop sign, your body's ready for the next protocol. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then we step it down. So I'm confident she's going to make it through. Usually, usually the protocols last about four to eight weeks. Mm-hmm each protocol. Um, and I've got about six of them for her six mm-hmm. or seven that I, that I can progress her through. So yeah. Um, yeah, she's doing a nice job of progressing through it. So I love that concept of using stop signs as a way, cause one, I think it works so well, but two, it seems like no matter who you're working with, it's such an easy concept for them to understand as a client, you know? And yeah. I think that's one thing with coaching is like getting your client to actually understand why you're doing this and they feel a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I did that, I remember was with breath ladders was, uh, with Brett, we did that a while, the two to one ratio of snatching. It's like, if you need to take an extra breath, then you're done for the, then you're done yeah. for the day. Yeah. Check it off. Don't let the ego come in and be like, Oh no, it wasn't a real breath. It's like, no, like get that in. I think that's yeah. such an important concept to work with. Yeah. Well, and, and those, okay. So this is a difference between ch- training general pop, um, mm-hmm. or training my high school athletes yep. and training in an elite level, um, mountaineer, right? Her mind is so strong. She can push herself to the point of passing out. Mm -hmm. So like, in fact, she's tried this, uh, world record before, uh, attempt and she fell asleep. So she was going so hard. She, she bent down to get some water and she passed out and fell asleep. And I was like, Oh my gosh, if you would have just fell into the water, it would have woke you up. But you know, she turned, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, um, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, 
we're training an athlete like that, they can just go, 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 go. Well, right. you know, they're just going to kill themselves. And actually there's a point of diminishing returns physiologically when your body's not ready to do something, but you force it to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. It kind of has this like sur- survival mode where it just is like, ah, and, it, and it's going to try to prevent you from progressing to get you to stop right. doing what you're doing. You know, your, your body is a protective adaptation machine and yes. it doesn't want to die, you know, and it, and it doesn't want you to do stuff. It doesn't like, right. So it, it's, it's essentially, it's that, um, you know, how do you, how do you boil a frog? You know, you can't throw him in boiling water. He jumps out, but if you slowly turn up the heat, he stays mm-hmm. in there and, and cooks himself to death. Yeah. So it's the same with your body is if you, turn this up in ways that you don't realize um, you become freakishly strong or freakishly enduring. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I always tell my students is you shouldn't really notice a difference. Like you get to the end of the protocol and you're doing things that are far beyond what you did at the beginning of the protocol, but you feel the same. Yes. When you walk away from the workout, you're like, I seriously did like twice the volume I normally do. And I think I'm going to go and feel awesome. Yeah. I'm going to go play softball. Later. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're building, you're truly building this capacity and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's reeling those athletes in. I, I did that with the guys that I helped to coach up grand Teton is I had to keep reeling them in. They're like, I feel like I should do more. And I'm like, don't do more. Yes. <laughs> don't do more. Stop. <laughs> don't do more. Like, just do what you, you know, trust me. Like you you have to slow down to speed up. Like you will make mm-hmm. some crazy gains. And about, it was about month three that they came back and they're like, I feel like a machine. <laughs> like, yes. Follow the process. Yes. Do not yeah. stop. Follow that's, the process. It's that's something about uh, strong endurance. I mean, that's um, I did strong endurance a, a few years back in Chicago and it was one of those just mind blowing experiences of understanding this protocol. Cause it, it almost feels like we, I went back, we did it in our studio that we had and people are almost kind of like waiting around. We're doing like, you know, two, one ratios or two, two uh-huh. ratios. It's, and they think like, well, I'm not working. Like I'm resting. <laughs> I feel really good afterwards. It's like, yeah, that's actually, that's the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, it's like, it's almost that buy-in right off the bat. And then same thing, like two, three months down the line, they're like, wow, like I feel yeah. really good. I feel really strong. It's like, yeah, it kind of sneaks up on you. Yeah. But Nothing that- hurts. And you can do two to three times more than you used to be able to do. Yeah. But, with, you know, with, we- some, with some, with some, like all the time. Yeah. With someone like Mia, is it like, is it better for her for something like this to just get as strong as possible? Or is it just, she needs to get to a standard level of strength and then yeah. really build the volume back up? Yeah, correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's got to get to a good standard level of strength because also we can't start packing on muscle either, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So you gotta be really, um, really on top of things in terms of like how much volume, how much weight, you know, and what, and is this going to, how much muscle is this going to build? Because she's got to carry that up there. Mm-hmm. Every, every pound extra you're carrying at 23,000 feet. Let me tell you, you're going to feel this, right? You know, I know that as a rock climber, you know, climbing at, you know, normal levels, like every extra pound on your fingertips is, uh, is incredibly difficult. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and what she's doing is painfully slow. Like the world record from, uh, from the highest base camp to the summit is, uh, seven hours and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So she's <laughs> the highest base camp to the summit, you know, is just painfully slow. I think it's like two and a half miles, you know, to go mm-hmm. and it takes like seven hours. So <laughs> think about that, you know, think yeah. of the pace you're going and now let's put an extra five pounds of muscle on your body and let's try that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
yeah, so there's definitely, there's definitely going to be like, Hey, we're strong enough. This is good. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't packed on any muscle. That's so this is neural strength. That's fantastic. Yeah. So do you do any like altitude based training for this at all? Like, I don't know if those masks even work or anything mm-hmm. like that of doing running. Do you like mm-hmm. incorporate any of that with these kind of these high altitude type training programs? Uh, no, I don't use a mask at all. Um, you know, she does uh, hyperbaric chambers chambers oh, okay um yeah and she has a, a high altitude room that she trains in as well um, oh, so gotcha. she has access to that kind of mm-hmm. thing um but you know the on, on top of that if you've ever taken second wind express uh mm-hmm. by pavel that's on an online course that you can take um there are some hypoxic drills basically breath holding drills mm-hmm. and a protocol that you can do there and working with hypercapnia um the, the drills that are involved with that. And, and those help quite a bit as well. So, um, that would be something to look into if, if the listener out there is yeah. into mountain sports or high altitude sports, you know, uh, hypercapnic drills or hypoxic drills, uh, are fantastic. Gotcha. Gotcha. So with the all-terrain conditioning, like I see, cause I, I love the explanation of it. It's like, if you had to take like 20 kegs, like from the first floor up to the second floor, like how many people could actually do it. It's a different type of strength endurance. I thought that was a great analogy. Um, but one thing I saw in the program, cause I know it's based a lot on strong endurance, but, uh, you don't do snatches in all terrain conditioning. Is that right? You do more swings and high poles. Um, no, we've, we've done snatches. I think, okay. yeah. One of the reasons that we did swings and high poles was there was a, just a, it's a weekend course, right? Gotcha. So okay. people come into the weekend and, and they might be a strong first certified instructor. They might be a student or they might be somebody who's never touched a kettlebell in their life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to try to take this group of people and teach them snatching for the first time, you know, when they've never even really swung a kettlebell can be a, a little bit difficult. So yeah, I kind of just, uh, assess the group when I'm mm-hmm. teaching the course and see where they're at. If it's a group of, you know, almost all uh, strong first people or, or kettlebell students, which it seems to be like getting more and more and more all the time uh, mm-hmm. because the school is getting bigger and just, you know, the kettle, kettlebell technique is becoming more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people kind of know how to snatch. And so we can go from the high pole right to the snatch. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. o- that 044 protocol is something just different that works. I just came from uh, doing SFL and working a lot on barbell based work. So my conditioning really wasn't so great, but I knew I had to recertify and still do some snatch testing work. And I just did 044 mm-hmm. and a little bit of like five on the minute, you know, type stuff. And it just keeps your conditioning and your volume in there. There's something magical about that. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's, it's strong endurance. You know, you look at a guy like John Brookfield, if you, if you don't know who John Brookfield is, yeah. go to YouTube and type in John Brookfield tower of terror. And uh, he bottoms up snatches a 48 kilogram kettlebell, flips it, catches it, and he does that 20 in a row on one hand. It's impressive, right? So, <laughs> but here's the, here's the end of the story is John Brookfield also did 301 snatches in 10 minutes with a 24 kilogram kettlebell. Okay. Well, is John Brookfield a specimen of endurance? No. You know, like if I, if we brought him into the mountains, he might struggle a little bit because mm, right. you know, he's a big dude. He's a, he's a strong man, you know, but if you say a five minute te- or a 10 minute test, I'm sorry, he did 301 in 10 minutes. If, if you say, Hey, this 10 minute test and you give him a 24 K bell, he's like, this is light. Right. It'd be like you or I grabbing an eight kilogram kettlebell and just like ripping just it ripping out. It out. Yeah, it's exactly. so easy. Yeah. It's so, it's so sub maximal that your endurance looks better you know, just cause it's light. I mean, a, another analogy would be if I give you 500, 
if you can deadlift 500 pounds and I put 250 on a bar and say deadlift it as many times as you can, well, it's 50% of your max. Your endurance looks right. good because it's so, so maximal. But if your max deadlift is only 300 and I use that same 250 and say deadlift it as many times as you can, well, you're going to struggle to get five or six, right? Well, right. is your endurance bad? No, you're just not you're strong. Just, right. <laughs> yeah. So That's interesting. I got a chance to talk with John Brookfield on the podcast. I didn't realize oh, no how freaking strong this guy is because he, he's so unassuming looking in his work. <laughs> like honestly, and he's a great guy, but you would not think of walking down the street that this is one of the strongest guys ever. But that is interesting. We equate a lot of times endurance to just how many reps that you can get mm -hmm. in something where mm -hmm. in reality, you might just be using such a sub-maximal load that yeah. you're working with. It's not really changing your endurance base at all. Absolutely. I mean, if we can bring this track back to track and field, yeah. you know, endurance athletes that are world-class have to be very fast. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's one of those, let's say you run the 400 and if you can run a 20 second, 200, and I say, Hey, I need you to come through the 200 at 22 and then come back in 24, you can run a 46 second, 400. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you can run 20 flat and I ask you to run 22 for the first 200, you're like, two seconds under my PR piece of cake. Right? right. But you take a kid that, you know, is only 20, he's only he can run a 22 second, 200. And you say, okay, you got to come through at 22. He ain't coming back in 24 and running a 46. There's no way. Right. You know, Cause he just maxed out his first 200. He's pooped, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, you can take a fast person and build endurance if you do it the right way. And that's a totally different conversation. Um, uh, yeah. And, and people to look up would be, uh, uh, Mike Scannell, Mike Scannell trained, uh, Grant Fisher who was in the last mm. Olympics and he was a third high schooler to break a four minute mile. Mike Scannell's mm -hmm. on Twitter. He has a great page that you can just mm -hmm. follow and learn a lot from and, and learning about, um, anti-glycolytic training that yep. he does. He blood lactate tests his athletes. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, you take a fast athlete and then build endurance, right? Gotcha. <laughs> you have a, yeah, you could have a great miler or a great quarter mm -hmm. miler or whatever, you know? Yeah. So when you are building the all-terrain conditioning and kind of revamping it, I know there's a lot of strong endurance protocols in there. What are the other things that you kind of found to add into it to make it more kind of specific for the, the obstacle courses and like yeah. the mountaineering? Yeah, this is good. Do you don't have the book, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm like, how did you come up with that question? Uh, yeah. So, um, I, uh, I found step-ups to be incredibly beneficial mm -hmm. and, uh, Kenneth Bulliard is from Germany. Um, mm -hmm. we connected through the strong first world as well. And, and he loves mountain sports as well. Um, and so definitely check him out on, on Instagram and, and, uh, and you can see his work mm -hmm. there, but, uh, he agreed. He's like step-ups, you know, if, if we could do two things, step-ups and snatches, <laughs> like really, you know, all I want to do is step-ups and snatches, like transferring those two things into the mountains or rock climbing is, uh, incredibly beneficial, you know, just cause it's just, that's one thing you're doing constantly is stepping up. Right. And mm -hmm. we know that a lot of the benefits, um, that we get, from exercise, a lot of benefit we get is global, right? Like our whole body, but the majority of the benefit we get is, is localized, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to get better at doing, you know, walking up a hill by, mm, I don't know, doing pushups, for example. <laughs> okay. Right, right. You know, like, like the mitochondria and the cellular development from pushups is going to be in our triceps or shoulders or pectorals, right? Mm -hmm. how, how is that going to help you with, with hiking, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so we put up uh, in step ups and we kind of took one of Pavel's protocols and just evolved it. One of the heart rate training protocols that he mm -hmm. has in strong endurance. 
And we started using it for step ups and it works incredibly well. Wow. That's so interesting. Such a simple thing that's going on in so many gyms around the country is one of the best things that you can do. So easy. And then, and then, you know, if, if you understand, um, Pavel's, you know, change of 20% rule, you know, you can Mm -hmm. change, you can change the box step height. You can, maybe you can roll the dice. Oh, today Mm -hmm. I'm stepping on a 12 inch box and Ooh, today I'm stepping on an 18 inch box. You know, there's your variety roll a dice. Am I, yes, I roll a one, two or three on stepping on 12 inch. If I roll a four, (laughs) five or six, I'm stepping on 18 inches today. And then, you know, your cadence, how fast Mm -hmm. are you stepping? Right. Um, and then you can, uh, what, what weight are you putting in your rucksack? Right. Mm-hmm. Del- Delta 20 on your rucksack. Um, today I'm roll, I'm stepping light today. I'm stepping medium today. Next day I'm stepping heavy, you know, and you mm-hmm. can, obviously you want the majority of your training right in the middle. Right. So mm-hmm. if, uh, let's say the middle weight for my rucksack is 40 pounds, then, you know, Delta 20, you know, I'd have, um, but, uh, eight, eight pounds lighter. So 32 would be mm-hmm. my light day. And, and, uh, 48 would be my heavy day, something like that. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want the majority in the light. So if I roll the dice, okay. Um, three, four, and five are going to be my medium days. If I roll a six, it's heavy. And if I roll a one or two, it's going to be light. Gotcha. <laughs> right. Okay. So, cause I want mm-hmm. the majority of my training and you just like, let it come to fate. And, mm-hmm. and some days you end up with a heavy weight and a high box and a fast step up cadence. And you're like, Whoa, and there you go. This <laughs> is going to be a super <laughs> short. Yeah. And then, but the heart rate training is stable. The heart rate mm-hmm. is the same. The heart rate tells you when to go and when to stop yep. and, and go again. And, and so you're like, Whoa, this one's going to be a really short workout. <laughs> I'm going to yes. reach a stop sign super fast, you know, and, and other days you, you roll and you're like, I'm going to be stepping for hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got, it is. I got yeah. the low box, the lightweight, <laughs> and the okay. And it's like, this is going to take I know, forever. Right. Yeah. You th- yeah. You think that's the nice day. It's like, yeah, no, you're going to be going half the day. I was, I was uh, doing that with, uh, with Brett for a bit. Cause he was doing the iron cardio work with me of his dice roll type work of work constraint and rep range and everything like that mm-hmm. of getting into. And, it's like some of those days you like pray for the light rolls, but then one day it's like, wow, heavy, 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 heavy. Okay, here we go. This is going to be a fun one today. <laughs> I better get after it, right? Yeah, exactly. So yep. have you done yep. any of like the iron cardio strength aerobics work at all of kind of, you know, yeah. that, that seems like it might have some carryover into yeah. um, some of the, the all-terrain stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I'm training in a group uh, right now here in Wisconsin and uh, they're, they're iron man competitors and, Mm -hmm. and they like to bike ride and they're doing a lot of endurance training already. And I'm like, you know, we've, I've done a lot of the, the all train conditioning with them already. And so I thought, you know, maybe some, just some good strength works. Let's do some strength aerobics, you know? And, and then looking at that, I I don't know, I'm a progression guy. I kind of like see something hard that people are doing and I say, okay, how do we regress from that? Or I Mm -hmm. see something simple and like, what's a harder version of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you just put two and two together and like, okay, we're starting here and we're going to go until that is so easy for our bodies that we step up a level and it doesn't feel any different. And so, um, yeah, so I'm doing that with strength aerobics with them. I love that. Yeah. I love that aspect of it, of the RPE of like, just keep doing it until it feels like super easy. Then make that big jump instead of the gradual st- yeah. so many people think like it's that gradual progression where with strength it's that much more kind of discreet it's like make those bigger jumps that's going to give you the big changes in your body yeah. and really keep building your performance correct and and when you make the big jump realize that there's a major intensity change and so the volume has to go down with that right exactly 
and, yeah. and be okay with that. Don't, don't grab a big weight and think you're going to do the same amount of volume, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, that makes no sense at all. Yeah. You know, that'll just lead you to injuries and right. You know, stagnation. <laughs> exactly. So, so I know you're, you're going to be going on this venture as well with me uh, coming into January. You're going to be part of the yeah. team. Yeah. So yeah. Are you, are, you tra- are you training anything like specific for that? Are you kind of following a similar program that you're doing for me or are you doing something different? Um, so I'm going to go through the strong and, uh, the strong endurance and all-terrain conditioning program, my, the traditional way, starting mm-hmm. with the, the most powerful strength-based protocols first and building towards the endurance ones. Um, I've done it before. I know it takes me approximately six months and coaching track right now. This is kind of the most stressful time in my life, mm-hmm. coaching track it takes like an extra 30 hours a week on top of my normal like life and business. And yep. so, yeah, I'm pretty scatterbrained most of the time. And so right now I'm just kind of like steady, right? I just get in the gym a couple of days a week, go hiking or climbing a couple of days a week, you know, and then, and that's about all I can fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as soon as track is over in June, I'm going to start to hit it pretty hard. And yeah, going with Mia wasn't originally part of the game plan, mm-hmm. but as we talked more and more, it's like, okay, I think, I think I can be an asset to the team and, yeah. and make a difference. So yeah, we're going to go do this together. Oh, what, what a cool experience yeah. to yeah. be a part of, you know, well, she's, she's setting the world records. I'm sorry. Uh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but, being, but being there as a coach too, I mean, that's yeah. just uh, such a cool experience for you at the same time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be there with her and see her do it and coach her (laughs) through that process and then see the outcome. Yeah. Um, Good or bad. Obviously we're hoping for good. Right. Um, And, and, you know, if you follow me on social media, you know, I'll, I'll post like the tracking so you can watch her as she's doing it. You know, you can just follow the tracker online and stuff like that. So it'd be a really cool thing. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Well, Derek, dude, it's been awesome connecting with you again. I love it. So many cool things going on. There were some great topics that we we (laughs) went into here. And uh, again, like just congratulations on all the the hard work and effort that you put in for Strong First Community, you know, getting up to Mass. You don't do that besides just putting in a lot of value into a lot of different people and coaching a lot of people. And um, it's awesome. So really appreciate everything that you're doing. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. You know, time seems to go so fast. I can't believe it's been an hour already, but it's good know, to see right? you and, uh, and we'll touch bases again. Absolutely. Yeah. So places to, uh, to follow you if people don't, um, follow you already where they can consume your content. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got to get better at it, uh, of course, <laughs> and, and put more information out, but yeah, TNT adventure fit on Instagram mm-hmm. and then Derek Toshner on Facebook. And, and really, truly the biggest followers are, are the ones that want, feel free to send me an, uh, a message you know, on Instagram or Facebook. And then I talk privately with you and emails back and forth and stuff like that. Um, I do provide actually a lot of free content to people that seek me out. Mm -hmm. Right. I kind of like that person that, that is willing to step forward and not just like consume the free content that I'm just throwing on whatever page. Like, uh, you know, if you have a specific question, Mm -hmm. ask for, ask for it and you'll Mm -hmm. be surprised at uh, some, you know, I don't send you a bill in the mail to answer. Exactly. (laughs) Here's your invoice. Yeah. 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 Awesome, man. Well, dude, (laughs) great seeing you. Um, you know, I'm excited to see this journey that you're doing with Mia. This will be awesome. So, okay. Yeah, cool. Thanks for following. Thank you so much, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some great value here. And if you like this episode, please drop a comment and leave us a five-star rating and review. It does more to build the show than you can imagine. And do not forget to check out and join the Strength Connection Facebook group. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. This group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength and 
it's the perfect space to explore new ideas and to share your journey. And you'll also get exclusive access to the Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into the physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. So do not wait, go now. Seriously, go. I right, much love to you. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.